Uh, I, I thank God for Brother Nick, and, and uh, I was talking to my wife um, before I come over here this evening, and uh, I said, do you ever dream, and I've, I've been thinking about this past couple of days, and I've known that I was preaching in this meeting for uh, a while now, tonight, but i um, been thinking about this uh, past couple of days, um, Brother Nick and Brother Andrew, and they, they played, played baseball with my, my oldest boy when uh, they were young. They were just boys, little fellers. Um, and uh, I said, did you ever dream that uh, when we were on the ball field and, and them boys was playing ball together that, that I'd be preaching and that Nick would be pastoring and I'd be preaching in a meeting for him? And she said, never in my life. I'm just amazed at what God will do. And, and it's not just them, but Brother J.D., he played football with my boy in uh, high school. And, and I, I'm just, it's amazing what the Lord will do in lives and how, how he'll link you up. And uh, I, I thank God for, um, I thank God for Brother Nick and, and what's going on around here. And I appreciate uh, you church and I know there's not a lot here tonight but I do appreciate you men in the church backing him and uh, if I can say this back your pastor and it'll help you it'll, it'll be a blessing to you it'll be a blessing to the church and uh, I appreciate the Lord tonight I want to help you if the Lord had helped me I want to help you and uh, if you take your Bibles and turn to first Samuel chapter number 30 first Samuel chapter 30 I appreciate the men from Pilgrim's Pathway House of Refuge being here tonight. Brother Scotty, I, I appreciate you bringing them over. I love you men. Um, I enjoy every time I get to come over there. and, and um, I appreciate y'all. I love you. Thank God for what he's doing in your life. 1 Samuel chapter 30. When you get there, hold your place and turn to 1 Chronicles chapter number 12. When you get to First Chronicles twelve, say Amen. Verse number twenty, the Bible says in First Chronicles twelve, as he went to Ziklag, talking about David, as he went to Ziklag, there fell to him of Manasseh, Adnah, and Josabad, and Jediel, and Michael and Josabad, and Elihu, and Zilthiah, captains of the thousands that were of Manasseh. And they helped David against the band of the rovers, for they were all mighty men of valor, and were captains in the host. For at that time, day by day, there came to David to help him, until it was a great host like the host of God. Now, if you will, turn over to chapter number 30. I'm going to pray, and then we'll, we'll get into the text there. Father, we thank you, Lord, for allowing us, God, to be in your house. And I thank you, Lord, for your presence tonight. I thank you for liberty in your house. And I pray, God, you'd help us, Lord, to preach what you put in our heart. And I beg you, God, to anoint my lips of clay. And... I pray you give me the words that need to be said, nothing more and nothing less than thy perfect will be done here tonight. I, I pray you help these men and strengthen them. I, and God, shore them up, Lord, in their walk with you. I'll thank you, God, I, for what you do. We'll give you glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, chapter number 30, verse number 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass... When David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. Now, I'm going to walk through the text by way of introduction if the Lord had helped me and then I'll preach 
of a message that God's put in my heart. Oh, but we got to stop a little ways uh, here in a spot or two along the way. Amalek, in your Bible, we know uh, oh, that it's a picture and type uh, of the flesh. It's the, the declared enemy of God and of His people. Uh, how can I say the flesh, your flesh? Uh, I, I saw your little people uh, uh, blame the devil for a lot of things. Uh, and don't get me wrong, he's behind it. Uh, hey man, he's behind that uh, spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, he's behind the rulers of the darkness uh, of this world. He's behind uh, amen all those things. Uh, uh, but can I say your flesh uh, is probably a greater problem to you uh, uh, than the devil's ever been. Uh, and Amalek uh, is a picture and type uh, of the flesh. Uh, and the Bible says look what they've done. Uh, of the Amalekites. Uh, uh, they burned Ziklag with fire. Uh, and verse number 2 says, And had taken the women uh, captives uh, that were therein. They slew not any, uh, either great or small, uh, but carried them away and went on their way. Uh, so David and his men came to the city, uh, and behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons uh, and their daughters were taken captives. Uh, uh, can I say this? Uh, that the enemy uh, and the world and Satan and your flesh and the fleshly pleasures of this world are trying their best to carry your wives your children your sons, your daughters your families captive amen in this world and they'll do it if we let them my friend I'm going to tell you the battle's on today you look around and they're flashing everything that you can think of uh, in front of our our children uh, and in front of God's people. Uh, amen. Trying to get them to stumble uh, and trying to get them to fall. Uh, uh, but I'm going to tell you, it takes keeping the flesh uh, in subjection uh, and dying to self uh, daily. Uh, amen. Uh, and we must do that because uh, uh, the, surely uh, in these days uh, uh, that if we're not uh, uh, where we need to be with the Lord, a uh, uh, friend, that's exactly what's going to happen to us. And can I say this, let any man that think of these stand take heed, lest he fall. I'm aware tonight of that my family could be taken captive. I'm aware tonight, Brother Nick, that my church could be taken captive. I'm aware tonight that my children could be taken captive. I'm aware that my grandbabies could be taken captive. And I've got a responsibility to be a watchman on the wall looking out for them and looking out at the danger that's on the horizon so I can be in prayer unto God. Amen. Bible says then Dave and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. I mean, their hearts were broken. broken. I mean, they were troubled and distressed. They didn't know what to do. I mean, can you imagine if you made it back home tonight and your, your wives and your children uh, had been carried away by some wicked, ungodly infidel had slipped in uh, and took them out of their house uh, and hauled them off somewhere where you don't know uh, oh, where they're at. Could you imagine? Uh, oh, where Now think about where these men are uh, and the shape they're in. Uh, hey man, look, look here what the Bible says. And David's two wives were taken captives. Ahinoam uh, the Jezreelitess Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him. Now, we shouldn't look too hard at these men. They were wrong in wanting to stay stone David. But friend, I look at it about like Job's wife. I, sometimes I put myself in their shoes. Uh, and I try to think about what would I do uh, 
I hope I would react better. I, I hope I would react like David did. Uh, the Bible said they spake the stoning him because the soul uh, of all the people was grieved. Uh, every man for his sons and for his daughters. Uh, but David encouraged himself uh, in the Lord his God. Uh, thank God I'm glad tonight. Uh, friend, I'm going to tell you number one. Uh, before you can encourage yourself uh, in God he's going to have to be your God. Hey man, thank God it was personal for David. David needed help and he needed personal help. And thank God he was his personal Savior. I'm glad I'm saved tonight. I'm glad I've been born again. I'm glad I've got a personal Savior tonight that'll help me personally when I need help. And David, verse number seven. David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So David went in, and the, he and the 600 men that were with him came to the brook Bezor where those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued he and 400 men for 200 abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Bezor. I want to say this. Oh, there's going to be a time in your life if you haven't got there, you will. Oh, where you're so faint that you can't go out oh, to the battle. I, ain't you glad, thank God, I, oh, that there was 400 other men I, oh, that went and fought on their behalves. I, I'm thankful, hey, there's been times I, oh, where I thought I was down for the count, but then Drew, I, I thought I was going down. I thought I was, I was gurgling. I, I was taking on water. I, and some brother in the Lord I, I would throw a lifeline to me. I thank God they were strong in the fight. And thank God they were there when I was faint. Hallelujah. Don't kick the ones that are faint down. Don't kick them while they're down. You ought to lend a helping hand to them and pick them up. Amen. The Bible says this. They found, verse 11, they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread and he did eat. They made him drink water and they gave him a piece of a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. When he had eaten, his spirit came again to him for he had eaten no bread nor drunk any water three days and three nights. And David said unto him, To whom belongest thou? And whence art thou? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite. I mean, can you imagine what's going through David's mind right now? This is one of those that have burned Ziklag with fire. This is one of those that have taken our wives and our children captive. And he said this, he said, My master, who is his master, an Amalekite, the flesh. <laughs> mm. App application, literally a man, an Amalekite. Application, the flesh. Amen. And my master left me because three days ago I fell sick. I've seen so many in these days. I'm trying to get to my message. But I've seen so many in these days that are more caught up with a worldly move of emotionalism than they are with the Holy Ghost touching their soul and stirring in their heart and in their soul. And all that is is an Amalekite that has crept in the camp and drove them away captives. 
I've thought about this. I've thought about how churches have compromised the Word of God and they walked off from the King James Bible. I'm talking about good churches and good men. Have let, you know what happened? An Amalekite has crept in and drew them away captive. And I've heard and I've thought about churches and people that's got caught up with contemporary music. Hey, do you know what that is? That's an Amalekite. That's crept in and took him away captive. Uh, my friend, I'm going to tell you, I don't need something that moves my flesh. I need something that convicts my flesh. And I need something that stirs in my soul. Because the flesh and the pleasures of this life and this world will come to an end. The happiness based on circumstances will come short and stop and leave you in misery. My friend, I, I, I'm telling you tonight, uh, the only thing that's going to get us through is fellowship with the Father, with the Son. Amen. Thank God with one another. Amen. Can I say this? In the Spirit of God. Amen. Of that kind of fellowship. And that's what John wrote. Of these things I've written unto you. That you might have fullness of joy. Friend, that joy ain't based on circumstances. That joy ain't based on a mansion on a hill or a big fancy truck. That joy ain't based on a bank full of money or social status. But that joy is based on your walk with the Lord. Thank God. Your position in Christ. That joy. When the banks lose all the money and when the houses are crumbling and falling to pieces and when the government has failed. And friend, can I say tonight... We're no longer a Christian nation. I, I hate that I even have to say that. Oh, but it's the truth. Oh, this country's walked off from God. Oh, they've left him. Oh, they've kicked him out of the schools. And they've took down the Ten Commandments at the courthouses. And they've kicked him out of the White House. Amen. They've left him. Oh, they've walked off. Hey, this country's not a Christian nation. Oh, they've been carried away captive. And they need some men that'll stand and fight in these days. Can I say this? Let me just go ahead and say, I'm going to preach if the Lord will help me a thought on we need some mighty men. The Bible said there was those that fell unto David, not fell in battle to him, but they fell in with him in First Chronicles chapter number 12. The Bible said they helped him with the band, against the band of rovers, this band of rovers that were reading about right here in 1 Samuel 30. The Bible said they were as a, a mighty host, as a, the host of God. And the Bible says this, that Amalekite, that servant of the Amalekite, fell sick, and his master left him. Your flesh will leave you high and dry. It don't care, your flesh, Satan, and the world, they're all in cahoots. Amen. Your flesh didn't get saved when you got saved. Amen. Your soul got saved. Your flesh, you still got to deal with every day. Amen. And uh, I, I thought about this. That's what, that, that's what left that man. You know what? Left him for dead. Amen. Oh, I'm about to have fit. Had it not been for the king uh, coming by his way, uh, thank God. Uh, and some of the king's men, uh, I'm going to tell you, men, uh, oh, we've got a job. Uh, oh, there's those out there in this world uh, oh, that the world is left for dead. Uh, hey, the world don't want nothing to do with them. Uh, uh, the world thinks uh, uh, they're too far gone. Uh, uh, the world thinks uh, they ain't worth going after. Uh, but can I tell you, 
of a king told us to go get them. Amen. He told them boys that were sailors. He said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Thank God they left their nets and they followed him. How can I say, I'm glad the king come to where I was. Thank God and fed me with king's food. Hallelujah. I'm glad I got saved. Hallelujah. I'm glad today, praise God, that the king come by my way. Look what David done. See this, this servant to the Amalekite, he had a choice to make. The Bible said this, he, he, he's getting honest with the king. He said, we made an invasion upon the south of the Cherethites and upon the coast which belonged to Judah and upon the south of Caleb. And now if, if they didn't already know, or if they didn't already have in their mind who this boy was, they knew right when he said this. He said, we burned Ziklag with fire. Now can you imagine these men that were with David were warriors. They didn't mind taking a man's head off at the drop of a hat. All David would have had to do was say, take him out. They wouldn't have fell in with him. They'd have fell on him. Amen. They'd have took him out. But, praise God, that wasn't the king's orders. Hallelujah. Hey, you know what? How can I say this? I ain't even got to my message yet. Oh, but I'm going to tell you what a good a characteristic of a mighty man is. A man that will father, father the king's orders. Oh, friend, I'm going to tell you, oh, we need some mighty men of the precepts of God. Oh, we need some men that will take this King James Bible and put it close to their heart and live a, lead a life of holiness and righteousness and live a life that's acceptable unto him present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed unto the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and perfect and prepare that good and perfect will of God can I say tonight that we need some mighty men of the precepts of God That'll follow the king's orders. Yes, yes, Amen. I can imagine it ain't in the Bible. And I'm not going to say it. This is how it happened. But I can imagine they saying, let us take his head off, king. David, let us take his head off. Ladies, let us take. You remember that one that was cursing David? Yeah. Hey, man. That one of them mighty men, he said, let me just go over and slay him. I mean, it's recorded. Oh, so these were the kind of men. Oh, they were ready to defend their king. And I guarantee you, oh, they were ready to defend their families. Oh, but the king always knows better. How can I say, look what the Bible says. And David said to him, oh, canst thou bring me down to this company? And he said, look what he said. He had a decision to make. He said, swear unto me by God that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master and I'll bring thee down to this country. You know what he was saying? He said, I don't want to go back to serving who I was serving. Why? Because it had wrecked his life and left him for dead. And that's exactly... What living for the flesh will do. It'll wreck your life and it'll leave you for dead. Friend, I'm telling you, you said, preacher, I see a lot of people living it up. I see a lot of Christians, so-called, and they might be saved by the grace of God, but they ain't surrendered and sold out and they living for themselves and they got a big house and seem like they don't have no problems, but but friend, their spiritual walk with God has died. 
I'm glad I serve a God that can revive it. Amen. 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 I'm going to tell you, when you get in Canaan, and you go back over to Moab, something's going to die. And let me say this, too. I was thinking about this today, this worldly move, and, and they trying to worship God. And you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to do it with a new cart. David, when he tr tried to carry the presence of God back to Jerusalem where it was rightfully belonged in the first place, he put it on the same, the same cart that the Philistines had sent it to them on. On the same, the same method as what David tried to use. And it seemed like everything was going all right until the oxen stumbled and Uzzah put forth his hand and God killed him. And I told my wife, we were talking about this on my way home from work, and I told her, I said, you know, trying to serve God with a new cart, something's going to die. I mean, your church will die. Oh, it might swell up with people, but friend, things that swell, they're dead. They stink. Amen. It might swell up with people, but where's God at? He ain't in the midst of it. New cart. They trying to please the flesh and trying to do things the world's way. I was reading in Ezekiel this afternoon at work, and the Bible talks about how he measured the house. And uh, he said he gave over and over and over, he gave the measurement of the little chambers. And I thought to myself, the little things matter to God. And people say, well, that don't matter. Well, this don't matter. It's just a little sin, or it's just a little bit indulging in this, or a little indulging in that. That don't matter. As long as I got the big things taken care of, that don't matter. Friend, God measures the little things. Read it over and over and over. And here's the thing. He didn't get a different measuring stick to measure it with either. He's still measuring it the same way. Amen? Praise God. I'm trying to get... Hallelujah. I'm having myself time now. This man said, I don't want to go back. Well, you promised not to kill me. See, here's the thing. He knew David had a right to kill him. And I'm going to say this. He probably knew he wasn't worth living, and he is worth killing. That's where I was at before I got saved. I wasn't worthy of getting saved, but J.D. I wasn't worthy of the Lord coming by my way, snatching me out of the pits of sin and cesspool of mess that I was in. I wasn't worthy of that. Hey, but there was a promise from the king that if I'd come to his side, repentance, thank God, a change of mind that produces a change of direction and a change of heart. He said, I won't send you back to your master and I won't kill you. Hallelujah. Glad I got saved. Lord, Jesus come by my way. Thank God. Look what happened. Verse 16. And when he had brought him down, you know what happened? There was an agreement was made. Between verse 15 and verse 16, there's an agreement. David, David said something like, I, I give you my word, my oath. I won't kill you. You just do your, what I told you to do. You do what I've asked you to do. And, and listen, friend, and I'm not trying to preach some work salvation. It's by faith, but there's a responsibility to, to respond. And this man had a choice. He could respond the right way or respond the wrong way. The right way means he was going to have life. And the wrong way meant he was going to have death. 
That's just what it boiled down to. I'm glad, thank God, the Holy Ghost got a hold of my heart. I responded. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. But I came to him best I know how. And I gave him my life. And he was well able to take care of the rest. And he saved me up by his grace. And I ain't been what I ought to be. But I sure ain't what I used to be. God saved my soul. I'm glad I changed sides. Glad a chain side. When he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth and eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of Philistines and out of the land of Judah. Can I say this? Satan and the world are rejoicing today because of the ones that are captive. They're laughing. I mean, he's as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's been doing that from the beginning. The oldest book of the Bible, book of Job, in the very first chapter tells us he's been doing this all along. I mean, from the book of Genesis, that's what he was doing to Adam and Eve. When he come, the sons of God came before the Lord and Satan came also with them. And the Lord said, when it's comes to, he said, from going to and fro on the earth and walking up and down in it. You know what he was saying? He was saying, I'm going to and fro trying to seek who I can devour. You say, how do you know that that's what he was doing? Because God said, hast thou considered my servant Job? And he said, doth Job got fear God for naught? He said, hath thou not got a hedge about him? You know why Satan knew God, that there was a hedge about Job? He done tried to penetrate that hedge. He tried to climb over it, under it, through it, and he couldn't get to him, praise God. Hey, can I, can I tell you how the devil how would, would have loved nothing? And he went this big discourse with the Lord, and he said, if you'll do this, if you'll allow this, he said, I guarantee you he'll curse you. And if Job would have ever cursed God, he'd have laughed at God, and he'd have laughed at Job. And there's, But God knew full well of Job's integrity, and God knew full well he didn't offer up Job. Job, I'm wondering what Job might do. He knew exactly what Job was going to do. Oh, friend, I'm telling you, ain't you glad that you've got a God in heaven that's got the devil on a chain? Hallelujah. But there's some that are just letting go, walking off from the things of God, from the precepts. Teaching, if the Lord's started, I started teaching through at the church um, our articles of faith, really basically what we believe and why. It's a doctrinal study on what we believe. And, and I, I thank God we ought to know what we believe. But we ought to know why we believe what we believe. I believe there's a lot of people today, they, they know what they believe, but, uh, and they believe they've been saved and they believe it, but they've just took it as the preacher's word and they took it at mama's word and daddy's word and they ain't got a hold of it in the word of God themselves and they're not, amen. And I'm trying to teach through that. And the very first topic though is the word of God because if you've got the wrong foundation, friend, everything else is going to crumble and fall to pieces. And I think that we need some mighty men of the precepts of God that knows what this Bible says and what it means. Amen. And can take this word of God and can lead a family and lead a home. Amen. Lead a church, Brother Nick, for the glory of God. Not to get men's applause but to lead them for the glory of God. Need some mighty men, the precepts of God. Now we could read more. Bible says David recovered all. Last part, first part in 18, last part in 19. David recovered all. Why? He went at the Lord's commandment. And the Bible says this, study to show thyself approved unto God we're not to study to show ourselves approved unto men 
if we'll show ourselves approved unto God, God will take care of showing you approved unto men. And let God do that, because if you try to do that, you're going to make a mess. You may swell up and get a big following, but the Lord ain't going to be with you. We need some mighty men of the precepts of God. Amen, that can take this Bible. You don't have to be a preacher. Have to be a mighty man of the precepts of God. Need to know what the Bible says. And when you set your youngins down and say, this is what we're going to do, then you ought to be able to tell them why we're going to do it and where it's found in the book of God. Thank God. And you need to be able to set out your course and follow it by the Word of God. It's the GPS for God's people. GPS, I've followed it, and it's led me wrong before. I, I've took, praise the Lord. There was a little while that we had to change, we had to change the name because there was some more family that moved in up there on the same property behind us, and we had to name our driveway, had to give it a name. And by the way, it's 55 Glory Drive. Double grace and glory, thank God. And, uh, and so we had to change the name of the driveway to 55 Glory Drive. But the GPS for about two years, it'd take you to Jackson Grove Road and stop scoring and stop and say you've arrived, but you were short of your destination. You, you follow the world's direction. You follow the flesh. You follow the things of Satan. Other things, hey, Satan, don't forget the Bible said Satan himself has transformed into an angel of light. Hey, man, he's a counterfeit. He'll make things look good. But if it's contrary to this book, you better run from it, friend. You follow that stuff, it'll leave you short. But you follow this book, it'll take you where you need to go. Amen. Mighty men of the precepts of God, but then we need some mighty men of prayer. David, I didn't stop there for a reason. Verse number seven, David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired, at the Lord. You say, what's that? What's all that about, preacher? Well, the ephod was what the priest would bear, wear when he went in before the Lord. And it had the names. It had the, the stones and the names uh, that represented the children of Israel. Amen. And what he was doing was he was bearing all of those people before the Lord. David, when he said, bring me hither the ephah, he had those wives, and he had those youngins, and he had, amen, the people on his heart, and he went before the Lord, and he bore them before God. Oh, friend, I'm going to tell you what we need. We need some mighty men of prayer that will take the names of our families, of the names of our wives, of the names of our church, of the names of our children before the Lord and inquire at God and ask God for help on their behalf. We need some mighty men that get a hold of the horns of the altar. We need some mighty men that go out to the edge of the woods somewhere and get along with God and be like Jacob and say, I'm not turning loose till you bless me. I'm talking about getting past all the mealy-mouthing, the things we re repeat it time and time again when we pray. Amen, and get there. I past all of those things and get down to the secret place of the Most High and abide on the shadow of the Almighty. I'm talking about getting a hold 
of God approaching the throne of grace with boldness to know that you're not coming because you deserve it or because you've earned it but you're coming by the blood thank God and pleading of the blood that Jesus shed for you and you're coming boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy first because we need mercy first and then find grace to help in time of need hallelujah we gotta have mighty men of prayer that go that teach some youngins to pray amen and I'm gonna say this I pray loud but sometimes I pray quiet You don't have to make a sound to pray. Now, I do most of the time. But you read over there in the book, 1 Samuel, Hannah, her lips was moving. But they wasn't no sound coming out of her mouth. And God heard that prayer. Since Samuel, man of God. I'm going to tell you, we need some mighty men. Amen. That'll lead some mighty women. Amen. That we can pray that God will raise up a generation that'll serve Him and not worry about what the world says or what the devil flashes in front of them or take that pull of the flesh and put it in subjection and kill it and live unto God. We need some mighty men that'll pray. Can I say this? The most mighty man in your King James Bible prayed he was a prayer warrior and his name was Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane the Bible said that he being in agony prayed more earnestly and the sweat became as great drops of blood falling to the ground in one of the darkest the, the darkest hour of the Lord Jesus Christ's life on this earth began when he headed to that garden. But he set his face like a flint and went to Calvary. He don't believe that crowd that he was praying out of the cross. He is praying towards the cross. Thank God. He was a man. He was a mighty prayer warrior. John 17, he prayed an intercessory prayer for those men that were with him. But then he prayed an intercessory prayer for you and I. Everyone that would believe on you, on me by their word. Oh, thank God we've read the word of God. The word of God's been preached. And we believe by faith that intercessory prayer was for you. And it was for me. And he set the example. God help us to be mighty men of prayer. We ought to be mighty men of the precepts. Mighty men of prayer. And I'll say this. I believe without those first two, the rest of them aren't going to take place. We ought to be mighty men of praise. Hey, some men, they're ashamed to praise the Lord. God help. I told my church, I don't like it when the tears dry up. Now, let me say this. There's a difference between praising the Lord and worshiping. Amen, I believe that. But they're both in order. And they're both directed by the Word of God. And they're both needful. I like to get on my face before the Lord and worship Him. But I like to stand and praise Him too. Amen. We need some men that will praise God. Turn over to Psalm 107 with me. Turn over to Psalm 107. Am I all right, preacher? I know people's tired. You worked all day, and I appreciate you being here. But Look what the Bible said, verse number 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. That's reason enough right there to praise the Lord. He's good. Amen. 
for his mercy endureth forever. Now, I want to say this. That's to the child of God. I've said this. I'll say it again. That there's coming a day for those that are lost, if they don't repent and trust Christ, save their soul, there's coming a day where the door of mercy is shut and the door of judgment is going to be opened. So, so mercy doesn't endure forever to the sinner. That's what they like to believe. And they'll take verses out of context. But to the people of God, I'm glad His mercy endureth forever. I'm glad, thank God, I've got an endless supply of mercy. But that don't make me want to sin. That makes me want to not sin, thank God. I wouldn't give you two cents for salvation. That don't make you want to live for God. Brother Nick said it already. It ought to grieve us we sin we all think about what he done for us on Calvary amen but then he said this he said in verse number 2 he said let the redeemed of the Lord say so that's men women boys and girls it's been saved by the grace of God whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy then he goes on down verse 8 he said oh that men would praise the Lord now I realize and he's probably talking about men, women, boys, and girls when he says that. But I'm talking about men tonight. We're going to make the application. Amen. That we need some mighty men of praise. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. And he said that with an exclamation mark. Then he said in verse 15, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, verse 21, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And verse 31, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Friend, God's worthy to praise tonight. I believe mighty men ain't ashamed to praise him. We need some mighty men of praise. Mighty men of precepts, mighty men of prayer. There's a lot more there. Can I say you can read it, go home, read it, read it next week. Whenever you want to read it, 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5. I believe the weapons, one of the weapons that we have is prayer. Amen. Prayer is warfare. Amen. Bible says in Jude, he said, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. First Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. And he finished up with the armor of God, and he said, praying with all prayer and supplication. Amen. Amen. Mighty men of precepts, mighty men of prayer, mighty men to praise, mighty men to protect. Nehemiah, you don't have to turn there, I'm just going to give this. Nehemiah chapter 4, they, they, they had one hand on the work, they had one on the weapon. Why? Because they were mighty men to protect. I'm going to tell you what we need to do, is we need to labor, but we need to have a our hand on the weapon. Part of that armor of God, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen. I want to keep my hand on my weapon. I want to be, a, yeah, how are you going to protect? Well, you're going to have to be a mighty man of the precepts. And you're going to have to be a mighty man of prayer. Amen. Thank God. And labor in the work of God. And swing the sword with the other hand. Can I tell you how we ought to be watchmen on the wall? Hallelujah. The devil sleep slip in when you go to sleep and on the job. You let down your guard. He'll come slipping in. They stood a watch on that wall when they was building it. And they labored. Amen. And can I say this? That work was great. And the devil's going to try to get you distracted. Try to get you to come down from the wall. Nehemiah wouldn't budge. 
He said, I ain't coming down. The work's too great. I can't come off the wall. Amen. We need some mighty men to protect. Amen. I'm going to tell you, we need to pray a hedge about our families. Oh, we need to pray a hedge about our churches. Oh, we need to pray a hedge about the men of God. Oh, we need to pray a hedge about the people of God. Oh, we need to pray a hedge. Because the devil's raging. I mean, they're worshiping everything in this country but God. Oh, God, help us to pray a hedge and worship Him. Mighty men of protection, mighty men of purpose. David, Daniel purposed in his heart that he wasn't going to defile himself with the king's meat, and this was an earthly, wicked king. They carried him away captivity. I'm going to tell you, I don't know how it's going to end up with the United States of America, brother. No doubt in your days you've seen a lot. And you've seen it digress like we have, but man, the last few years it's just went at, at hyper speed, seems like. And I don't know what's going to take place. But I'd hope to think that we've prayed up enough and we've studied up enough and we've sought God enough that if we get carried into captivity, not because we laid down ourselves, amen, that we will not... D- bow to the wicked kings that will purpose in our heart that will not be defiled over the kings of this world's meat. They brought before them them children of Israel, them Hebrews, the king's meat. And can you probably imagine they thought, man, we ain't ate like that in a while. I'd like to have some of that. Some of them did. They did. And some of them were content with it to stay there. But Daniel, he said, no. He said, you bring me pulse and water, veins and water. He said, see if we don't turn out better than the rest of them. The bottom line is they turned out better because they refused to bow to the flesh. Amalek. Amen. We need some mighty men that'll purpose in their heart they're going to live for God in the midst of a world that's running as hard as they can away from the Lord, that's trying their best. I mean, Christianity's under attack, y'all. How the name of Christ is under attack. How you can say God all you want, but you say Jesus Christ, and everybody begins to get nervous. And they don't like to hear that. My friend, I'm telling you, it's all under attack. We're going to have to be mighty men. That'll purpose in our heart. We're not going to be in. We're not going to bow. We're not with the help of the Lord. We're not going to break. We're not going to be defiled with the king's meat. Pleasures of flesh. Finally tonight, we need a mighty men that desire to dwell in the power, presence of God. Moses desired to dwell in the presence of God. He said, if your presence don't go, I ain't wanting to go. Joshua, when the glory fell in the tabernacle in the wilderness, Moses went out to minister on the people. Joshua stayed in the glory. See, here's the thing. I don't know what God's got in store for you, Brother J.D. Get in the glory. Desire to stay in as long as you can, as much as you can get. Because you're going to need it one day. Because there's going to be hard times. There's going to be times of rebellion and lives of people in your family and of you, even in churches. You're going to have to stand. Brother Nick, you're going to have to stand. But you're going to have to get in the presence of God, dwell in the power of God. Men, you're going to have to dwell in the presence of God. 
and the power of God uh, to be able to do anything that's worth anything in this world uh, uh, for your homes and your families uh, and your churches and for lost souls. Uh, uh, you're going to have to enjoy and get full of the Holy Ghost of God. Joshua stayed in the glory. Moses I ain't going if you ain't going with me. When he's talking to the Lord, he said, if your presence don't go out of line, I ain't going. He said, I beseech you, show me thy glory. He begged God to show him his glory. I'm going to tell you, I believe this. I believe sometimes God withdraws his glory from our personal lives, even from a church as a whole, to get them to hunger and thirst after it a little bit more, to go to seeking Him, desiring Him more than what they're doing. We do that to our own selves because we get content and complacent in the things of God. We need some mighty men that's not content, amen, with just being saved. But they need to be sold out that we need some mighty men like Joshua and Caleb said we can take that country if God will help us we can it's surely it's a land that floweth with milk and honey surely God if he's pleasing with us he'll give us that land and can I tell you, how God wants you to dwell in Canaan. That's a type of the presence and power of God in the Christian life. And once you get there, ain't nothing else to do. And you may try to wander back to the edge. And you may even cross over into Moab you'll be miserable because you'll know you've walked off from the presence of God and ain't nothing going to satisfy you till you get back in the midst of his presence we need some mighty men that'll dwell in the presence power of God Stephen was a man the Bible said full of the Holy Ghost dwelled in the presence of the power of God. We need some mighty men that when Stephen was being stoned and looked up and he saw the Son of God standing. Well, I'm glad they sometimes let the Lord to stand up. <laughs> Preached a message. Easter Sunday last year on when the Lord stands up. I'm glad, thank God, that when Stephen, that man of God, mighty man of God, was fixing to go home. I believe the Lord looked down over the banisters of glory. I believe he gave him a loving look. <laughs> Amen. I love you. <laughs> Woo, boy, thank God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, thank God. I'm glad he loves me tonight. <laughs> when, you, when those that you love <laughs> turn against you, <laughs> I'm glad you can look up to heaven <laughs> and see the one that loves you. <laughs> Amen. And thank God. I believe he looked down there. Amen. With an encouraging look. <laughs> oh, but I think this. He looked down there. <laughs> Amen, with an, a look of a pleasing, a saying, son, I'm pleased with your life. A stand up. He stood up to welcome him home. I believe this. He was hearing well done. I thank God. And this is what he said. He didn't say, Lord, kill them all. He didn't say, Lord, send them all to hell. He said, Lord, I'll lay not this sin to their charge. He walked after the mighty Jesus 
example when he hung up on Calvary and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He was a mighty man that had dwelled in the presence, power of God. When he came down to the last mile of the way, He was mighty in his departure. And saying, I love that crowd that's throwing the stones at me. Lord, please. You know what he's saying? He is still praying. God save them. Yeah. Stephen was a mighty man. That dwelled in the presence. Power of God. Preacher, I. You come on, let's all stand tonight. I'll say this. We need some men tonight. The world is trying to push a wicked, idolatrous agenda on our children. We need some men that will stand the gap and make up the head. I, I want to stand with you. My, my heart tonight is to ask you tonight, would you pray for me that I'll stand? Now, I'm going to pray for you that you'll stand these days. I love you.